You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Megan, I am so happy about this interview, especially since you are our first reoccurring guest on the podcast. So thank really? you so much for coming back. Woo! Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited. So much has happened since we last saw each other. A pandemic, you had a baby, I was in high school, I'm now in college. There is so much to catch up on. First of all, how's being a mom? It's the greatest thing ever. Um, I, I always wanted to be a mom, so I knew it'd be good, but I didn't know it'd be this good. And he recently got glasses and he's just, I didn't think he could get cuter and he's so cute. It like hurts. And I just keep going, oh, I want more. You know, I want four babies. Four? That's a very specific number. Yes. It's a lot. We're like trying to name the rest of them already. And everyone's like, "Mm -mm." are you going to do like our names or are you going to change it up? That's why I was like, we, we have to figure this out right now because we either have to do all ours or we have to go Rahis, Lalis, you know, like they all have to sound the same or something. Our biggest thing is we don't want to name him after anybody or name our babies after anyone. And we don't, like if you know someone who's like a bad person with that name. It that ruins name is a name. It ruins a name. So I'll be like, oh my God, what about this name? And Daryl's like, I hate that guy. I'm like, okay, you know. So we have to both not know anyone in the world with that name. Do you go through the baby books? Oh, I go through the websites that are like unisex names. And like, I like names that could be for a boy or a girl. That's my favorite too. So I'm really narrowing it down. Like Dylan or Sean or Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. My brother's name Ryan, so I'm like, I already lost that one. That's an R name, too. I know. It's perfect. <laughs> rip. I might just rip it for, like, a daughter. Oh, so cute. For a daughter, that could be nuts. For a redheaded spy kid. That's it. Yeah. It would break your naming after rule, but because it's a girl, it doesn't count. Yeah, like, we knew Riley. I wanted a girl named Riley, but then, and we knew the name, and then I, they were like, it's a boy, and I was like, we're keeping the name. Was it a surprise? Did you know the gender? They called me at 10 weeks. They could do a blood test now. Sick. I was like, I need to know now. And she was like, actually, it's a boy. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'd be the exact, the anticipation of not it knowing for nine months. No, I have no, I think people are 
crazy that they can achieve that patience. My mom did that I with did, both like, of us. And I was like, how? No, 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 no. And then when people are like, you just have to see the baby's face and then you'll know the name. Wrong. Really? Baby looks completely, every week that baby changes. Like you have a whole brand new baby every week. You know, Newborns like, look so different than the baby. Oh, yeah. Especially if you push it out, they're aliens for at least a couple weeks. Like, really? Yeah, truly. Was having a C-section scary? Terrifying. I've never had stitches. I've never had surgery, dude. I was like, I've had vocal surgery, but I was asleep. This, you have to be awake. You have to be awake. And they, they come out in seven minutes, but you hear everything. You smell everything. You, I was like, am I going to be moving? They're like, no, bitch. I was on a roller coaster. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then he came out and he wasn't breathing. I was like, where's that cry? Wasn't breathing. They took him to the NICU and they're like, dad, do you want to stay here with wife or do you want to go with baby? And I was like, you stay. And the doctor was like, you should go with the baby. And I was like, you betrayed me. And so he <laughs> left and I was alone for 45 minutes getting so back up. And you didn't get to meet him right up? No. I got to see him for one second, and they took him away. And I was like, well, that didn't go. I was so drugged up, though, that I was like, hey, he's fine. Like, Were the drugs so great? But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I was at ease. Like, my mom was, like, crying on the phone because she couldn't be with me because of COVID. So she was like, are you okay? And I was like, he's good. <laughs> You're like, I'm chilling. Yeah, and then I talked about it, like, weeks after with my therapist. And she's like, so you definitely have some PTSD. Like, we have a little trauma. We're going to work on it. That was a traumatic birth. And I was like... Oh, Was yeah. it planned for that to happen? Um, it was planned for a C-session because he was breached. Like he was not in any kind of position to be pushed out. And he flipped right at the end. And I was like, did you know? <laughs> so, And I was like watching every video on how to give birth. I watched my aunt give birth twice. I was like, I'm ready. And then they're like, C-section. I was like, I haven't seen these videos yet. Like <laughs> my research. Yeah, I would get an epidural. I have nothing to prove. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh-uh. No, you need it. I need it. I need that epidural. My friend Hillary Duff has home births, which you can't have any drugs for that. She's a hero. I'd want to be, I'd wanna be around doctors just for, like, my anxiety. Me too, right? I was like, I want to be tubed up. I want the oxygen close. I want the NICU right want there. everything just in case. Because I plan yeah. for worst-case scenarios. Oh, yeah. I go to death every time. If I say goodbye to my, it's a problem I'm working on. When I say goodbye to anyone, I'm like, you'll probably get in a car accident. I'll never see you again. And that's our last goodbye. It's a real thing I'm working on. That is actually really funny you say that because I used to have horrific separation anxiety. And I would always, I couldn't do sleepovers. And I would always think if I went on a sleepover that I would either die or my parents would die. Wow. Yeah. And therapy helped. See? And now I don't have those. Therapy. And now I don't like that. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, we we have a lot in common, Megan. We do. I feel you, girl. Stay in that therapy. It's amazing. <laughs> really? What's the hardest part about having a kid that no one told you about? I guess I wasn't warned a lot of like when they fall. Like you have to, you're going to just watch it happen, you know? And you have to try to not go, oh, my baby, you know, which I do. And Daryl's like, calm, calm. You know, they really look how you about. react too. Yeah. No one really talks about like, I don't know, when they fall, it hurts. If they're in any pain, if he has a cold, you're just like, oh my God, you're as happy as your least happiest kid, which is real. What has been the most interesting part of seeing your son grow that is just like, oh my goodness, he's like a human now? I guess like the eyesight part, like I didn't realize too, when they're infants, they're like, they can only see a certain distance. Hmm. So that was bizarre. Like, they're literally learning how to see and breathe and eat and swallow. Something that's so refreshing about, like, the, what you post in your content is just that it's honest. And you're not showing the easy parts, which I feel like is what social media is often a highlight reel. So what made you want to get more into social media? Because you are you have the podcast now. TikTok, <sighs> the social media expert. How, what made you open up more in, that, in those platforms? Um, I mean, I think like the pandemic showed me that we can work from home and I, I enjoy working from home because usually we're on the road constantly and now with a baby, I'm trying to do more work from home so I could see him and be with him. So I think a podcast with my brother too was just like a fun extra way to uh, have therapy with him 
and we've had many family breakthroughs. So if you ever like are struggling with a family member, just start a podcast and you just talk for an hour a day. It's great. <laughs> What's the biggest thing being on a podcast has taught you? Um, that there's other people out there that feel exactly how you feel. It's very nice. It's very nice. And it's like watching Ryan talk about his sobriety and how many people comment like, yo, I'm going through the same thing and you talking about it really helps me. Like watching him see how his words impact others out there is a beautiful thing. And it's like something not a lot of people get to experience. So that was the best part. And I'm so beyond proud of him. I think he's the coolest. He's like my favorite person ever. So watching him become a better person because he's been working on it has been the best part of our lives. How is the podcast? Has it made you guys closer or has it brought some tension? Because I know working with family can bring some. Oh, it's definitely made us closer. Well, I always work with my family, so we're not like that. Luckily, thank, thank God. Um, but he used to be my camera guy forever and he never was like, I want to take pictures. I just like threw a camera in his hands and he was like, okay. And he was like, I'm not even looking, but sure. And I think over years of that, he wanted to quit and we got into a big blow up. Um, and that was like the last time he drank. So that was him trying to say, I want to quit, but not like upset you. And I was like, I want you to quit and not freak out. So <laughs> it was, um, this is a new lane where he's like working and he's in front of the camera and he is really honest with himself and it's helped him a lot. It's like the best therapy. He's just become such a nice person, a nicer person because he was already great. I love that. And I think there's something about the podcast format where there's no like three minute videos where you have to like get in points. You can just kind of show your personality and be yourself. Oh yeah. I'm always like, did you want to plan something? He's like, nah, we'll wing it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and we do just cause like we're best friends. So we can just chat all day long. Yeah. I love working on a podcast. I love your podcast. You're amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like you're just talking about how human you are. We yeah. need more of that. Yeah. We're like working on it. The concept is like, we're just working on being better humans in every category of our life. So we get really, really open and really honest and I like that. I think it's harder to pretend to be somebody when you're in this business. It's, like, it's exhausting. So being myself, people enjoy that. And that's wonderful because then I don't have to pretend to be anybody else. Do you think showing more of yourself on social media has allowed you to be more open in your songwriting and your music? Or are they two separate things in your mind? Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, especially like this album. I'm, I come out... I came out with Bad For Me, which is like um, a slower song, but a real situation that I had with my therapist, with a family member, and had to write a letter and send it to him. And, and that stuff is real, and I wrote it the next day. And a lot of people I've seen on TikTok relate to that, and they, they'll even say, I needed this t like t 10 years ago. Like This song is me right now, and it's, it's really cool to relate with other, others like that. And I've been writing a lot about being a mom because I feel like moms aren't supposed to complain or cry online and, you know, and it's like, well, it's, a lot of stuff is hard and scary. Like we just found out he's not using his left eye because it's like, yeah, because his eyesight is that bad that he just wasn't using it. And when we discovered that, Daryl and I were like heartbroken because we're like, we had no idea this poor boy like couldn't see. So there's a lot of crazy emotions that come with being a parent and, I want to talk about it because it helps a lot of people out there and it makes me feel like I'm normal. I actually had a similar experience when I was about four. My left eye used to cross and I couldn't. Yeah. I had to use the eye patch and everything on my right eye to make it stronger. I had my little red glasses. So I know the struggle. Yeah. They're, and they find it younger now. So they can find it at six months old. So when, he's a year and a half. He's a baby. And he has glasses. And they were like, well, at least you caught it now. And I was like, what? I feel like he's so young. And they're like, well, nowadays we can catch it earlier. But my brothers didn't get glasses till they were like four. So they lived their life like walking into walls. <laughs> that was me. I would literally, my brother used to make fun of me. I would walk when we were in a hotel room and there were clear doors. I couldn't tell that they were closed. So I would just walk into the door because I just could not have that depth perception. It's so heartbreaking. <laughs> And your parents, they, they must have felt so bad. We just felt so bad. My brother was but, cracking up. He was cracking yeah. up. And I was just crying on the floor. But that's what siblings are for. That's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're here for. But I feel like job. 
Growing up can be really hard, and I think it's really cool how you're documenting the struggles of being a parent because, again, it's just not happening much. Yeah, I don't know if I'm even allowed to talk about it, but I'm going to do it for you because I love you. Um, I'm writing a book about pregnancy and, like, how bizarre it is and, like, things no one told me, you know? So What's the strangest I'm really thing open. no one told you about pregnancy? Because I'm very curious um, about this. I knew, like, you could have different skin, like pimples and stuff, but I straight up got... Um, perioral dermatitis, where it's like dry, rough patches, kind of like rosacea. And I just thought I kept like burning my skin on products or like the makeup brushes I were using were I was allergic to. So I'd have these dry patches and it was miserable and itchy. And I was like, what is this? And later I found out like, oh, it can come with your hormone imbalance. And I was like, oh. So there's like, there's really strange stuff that I, I'm going to get into in the book. Oh, the woman's body is crazy. It's crazy. We're amazing. We're amazing. We're the greatest. We're the greatest. I grew eyelids. Eyelids. Did you know, fun fact that always like blew my mind, you grow the taste buds and the eyelashes in the third trimester. Whoa. Sick. <laughs> Did you ever feel the pressure of bouncing back after having a kid? Because I feel like there's this big pressure on like snapping back into your same body. But no, like your body changes. I knew like I had a goal of snapping back because... I also was my heaviest when I got pregnant. I was like in COVID, gained that 15, you know, like I was a, I was 185 pounds and that, that was my heaviest. And then I got pregnant and I went up to like 220. And so when I, after I gave birth, you lose like 10 pounds cause that's the baby. But I got uh, a dietitian after I was trying to do it myself and I wasn't succeeding cause I didn't know how to work out right or eat right. And I tried to count calories and it was miserable. And I was like, I don't want to hate this. So I got a dietitian and she taught me like the beauty of healthy food and how food is, food is fuel. It's not just like, right? it, yeah, it's, it could be a beautiful thing. She taught me how like we're all burning fires, right? And if your fire goes out, like you don't eat for a long time, you're going to feel angry and miserable. And if you try to throw a fat log on that fire, like eat a fat, huge meal, it's not going to make the fire go up. You're just going to, like, give yourself a tummy ache. So she taught me, like, you have to eat snacks all day and you have to, like, always eat when you're hungry. And I was like, wow, I thought it was, like, starve, you know? So she taught me I love healthy food. And I lost, like, 60 pounds now. I'm, like, I'm like one, well, I weigh 157 now. And, yes. like, when I, was, when I got pregnant, I was 185. So I'm, like, the healthiest I've ever been. As long as you feel good, that's what matters. And something I never thought I would struggle with was food. Yeah. I would go through those cycles. I think being on social media really exacerbated it where I was like, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat right. And then it would get to the point where I also have OCD, which I think dieting for me Same. is not good. And I yeah. would be like, oh, my goodness, there are too many calories in a strawberry. And right when that happened, oh, I was yeah. like, I think we have an yeah. issue. Yeah, it's scary and it's, it's, it can really mess with your mind. So my dietitian taught me, she's like, we're not going to weigh this week. It doesn't matter. Like, do you feel good? And I'd be like, yeah, I feel great. Yeah. And that's how we do it. And she's just so good. She also specializes with like teenagers or anyone with an eating disorder. Um, but she told me too that like a 10-year-old boy came in with like anorexia. Like it's, it's kind of spiking again. And I think it's social media and it's heartbreaking, but she's like having her specialize in that too really helps me out because she makes sure like, are you happy? Are you talking to your therapist? Is everything okay? How has your week been? So she changed my life. Her name is Christy. She's Shout on my out podcast. Christy. Christy! She changed my life forever and changed my like bad habits. I wasn't taking care of myself and now I am. That's so important, and it's, it's really hard to get yourself to that point, to fully love yourself, and I feel like we're all still on that journey. What advice do you have for little tips and tricks to get through the day to stay more positive and confident? Oh, man, I have, I've heard so many things, but, I mean, self-talk, like being positive, I know it's hard. but So hard. The more negative, the, the negative you are, like the more your brain hears that like 14,000 times over and over again, so you're just bullying yourself, um, and... My therapist had me look in the mirror for five minutes a day naked and just look at myself. And I was like, I hate this. Like, it was the hardest. Day one was the hardest thing ever. Day three, I was like, huh. You're well, like, yes, go off. Yeah, you start, it starts turning and you see the, that it's working. So 
Um, it all starts with you working on yourself, and it's very hard to do, but it's a thing I'm working on every day. That sounds like what I used to do exposure therapy, where it's essentially just doing your biggest fears and just going straight into it, and it's effective. Oprah taught me that one. Yeah, (laughs) whatever scares you, you should probably do it. I'm like, okay. And I had to do a TV show right after I gave birth. I had like um, three months off. And, which is like the normal what they have now because America's crazy. But I was like, I'm going to be on television that like gained 10 pounds no matter what. And it was a food program. So I had to eat food all day. Top Chef Family style. Check it out. And I'm like, I was like pumping during breaks. And then I was like eating their food. And I was like, oh, I was really on a, like on, on a program. And I was really looking forward to not doing this. But I'm the only woman in history who's lost weight on that show. Because it's all about moderation. That's what that show taught me. It's like, I can eat whatever I want as long as it's whittle. You know? That's a fun fact. <laughs> fun fact, yeah. Everything in moderation. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, on set, it was like all women. And they were so, they took care of me. And one was pregnant. Like, literally every day, I was like, go, girl. You're a hero. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, I'm going to talk about being a woman in America these days. All the different styles of music you're bringing in your new album how hard but beneficial it is cutting out toxic relationships out of your life, and so much more. We'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. 
It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host. Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. It's really hard to be a woman nowadays, especially in America. And I just want to thank you all so for posting and talking on social media about what's happening with the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade because it's more people should talk about it. And it's a really hard thing. So thank you for saying something. I know. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I got a lot. I don't get a lot of hate comments or I don't look for them. But that one, I got a lot of nasty stuff. And it's not even like... Hey, comments, this, this shit was evil. It was like, well, at least you didn't abort your beautiful son. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I turned off the comments, and life is much better. But I, that day, I was releasing my song that day, so I was like, oh, this sucks, you know? And I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't posting about me, and then I was like, I really have to say something, and this is terrible, and it's, we're supposed to be land of the free, and it doesn't feel like it. It really doesn't. So I did a post. It's scary yeah. to be a woman, but... Hopefully by having these conversations and talking about it, we can change the stigma that I don't know where it came from. Yeah. It's like we're going backwards. I don't get it. I'm in college right now, and I'm very scared. I'm just I, – I'm an anxious person. But, like, adding the social aspect and knowing that my rights aren't secured is like, hmm. And some places, like, birth control is being taken away, and it's – like, there's so many medical reasons why we need all these things. And they're not thinking about that. It's very, very frustrating. And my friend and I joke all the time, like, should we go to Canada? Like, should we just leave? Like, is it the time to go to Canada now? Is it time to find a house? Um, yeah, but it's, it's scary. And hopefully something good will happen because we're just going the wrong way. Just to switch topics a little bit, I have really noticed about your music in this next album is you're changing up the style. You're just trying out different styles, different dramas, and I love it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I was going really pop for a while there um, because I love pop and I love, this is still pop music, but I did want to bring in my elements from my first album. Mm-hmm. I keep telling people it's like Tidal 2.0 um, if Tidal grew up, you know, and <laughs> it's, so you'll hear like the doo-wop vibes that everyone loves and I try to go songwriting first. So songs like Superwoman are very like, people call my Dolly Parton song. Mm. Um, and that's, I was really proud of that because my whole life, like my favorite thing in life is songwriting. So when I'm improving there, I'm like, oh, I'm winning, you know? <laughs> like I'm doing the best. Like, Driving. Yeah, I'm like the practice finally made it through, you know? And so these songs are very powerful. And I think my best songwriting yet, uh, I know it too, because I've experienced life more. And I think there, there's that balance where to write about life, you have to experience it and not just focus on writing yeah. it. So what has that process been to not 
focus on like if a song's going to be viral, but focus on improving the writing and becoming the best artist for yourself. Yeah, I think the best part about writing a whole album and a project is that you can you can have songs like well, it's really because I have a platform. It's like, what do I want to say? Yeah. And then being a mom, I was like, well, I want to say like this is hard. And like, <laughs> and I, everyone was interviewing me at the time, and they're like, you're so positive and so happy, and you're like how do you do it? You're so confident. And I was like, no, dude, I write these songs because I'm in my head. Like I see a therapist every week. I'm on antidepressants. Like I'm a, I'm here and I'm working my booty off. Working on it. I'm working on it, but you got to work on it. And that's my songs are my therapy. Like my songs are me admitting like, "Mm, not everything is perfect over here, you know? Um, especially bad for me. I didn't know that would be a single. I didn't know that'd be first. That's like a real personal thing that's happening in my family that my family members are like, that's going first. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. It's like, I was just trying to work through something that hurt. I'm just trying to cope over here. I'm just coping. (laughs) So yeah, this album had a lot of heart. And I think like the last song in the album called Final Breath is literally um, the, the movie, The Notebook. Because I tell Daryl, like, that's how we're going to die. Like, holding hands in bed old. That's so bittersweet and romantic at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have an impending doom, um, fear of death. Mm. So that's same. in the album for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've always been terrified. Here. It's the unknown of it. It's the unknowing. I'm going to, like, uh, I'm going to a haunted mansion for, with the podcast at the end of this month. To hopefully see a ghost so that I know I could stick around after I pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to know that I could still chill with my kids. Do you believe in ghosts? I want to so bad. I just haven't seen one. But I love watching the videos online. I'm like, that might be real. You know? I'm like skeptical, but I'm like, but like if it were real, that'd be pretty crazy. I'm like, that's so wonderful to know that I could chill here and haunt everyone. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Manifest, manifest, manifest. Manifest, manifest, haunt forever, yes. Do you manifest? I guess so, but not like... Intentionally. Not like wake up. Yeah, I'll say stuff like, we're going to write a book one day, you know, and then I'm doing it. Or like, we're going to have four kids, four kids, four kids, you know, as in so that's going to happen. I'm always, I want twins too, so I can get a two for one deal. And I'm like, Daryl, we're going to have twins. (laughs) And I already had a C-section, so there's like a target. Like, go ahead. (laughs) Just open it right back up. We'll get them out safely, you know, so that's a dream. Something that I really love about the song Bad For Me is how honest it is. There are so few songs that talk about... The hard stuff. The hard stuff and the toxicity that relationships can form. And just because it was amazing at one point doesn't mean that it's still meant to go on. Do you struggle with that also? Cutting relationships if it gets a little toxic? Oh my god, yeah. I have got it from my mom, which is I feel so bad. We were in therapy yesterday. I dragged my mom to therapy. And she was like, you guys feel like you're responsible for everyone's feelings, huh? And I was like... Yup, ding, ding, ding. Like, I have to make sure everyone's happy. And, like, and my mom is the same way, so I got it from her. Um, she's like, you're not really responsible for everyone's happiness, right? Like, it's not up to you. And I was like, ooh. So, like, yeah, this situation, when you have a family member, it's so hard. Because I've cut off friends, and I've seen the benefits, and, like, seen, oh, my God, life is so much easier um, and better and... Um, I think like Meryl Streep said something like that. Like if they're toxic, then they need to be out of your life. And I was like, I'll do whatever you say, Meryl Streep <laughs> and Oprah. Um, they're just like soul suckers, you know. But um, when it's family, it's harder, man, because they're not chosen and they're they're like they're blood, and you have to see them every Christmas, and and it's really difficult to try to ask them like, hey, this isn't good for me. We need space or we need time. Especially when you write out a beautiful letter and get no response. Like, that really sucked. But it, it told me, like, what I'm doing is right, you know? Like, when they show who they are, that's who they are. Believe them. I, I went through that, and I wrote a letter to a family member a few months ago, and I never sent it. Really? I did, because I knew I, there was going to be no response. So I just wrote it, and I got all the closure from that. You know what I have? My team is so smart. They did this, honestly. Um, they made a website for me and a campaign for the song. Uh, my therapist told me to.co, where you can literally go write an anonymous letter and just like blast it out. That's right? amazing. So smart. I was like, guys, you're geniuses. 
We have to take one more quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk about how therapy has impacted your life, your marriage, and going back on tour. We'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder, 
But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. How long have you been in therapy? couple of years now but I got a new therapist that like because that's the thing if you have one bad therapy session you just you're like I hate it my family and my, my parents are in that generation where they're like I don't need therapy I'm not crazy I'm like you need so much therapy it's insane <laughs> if you're saying that you need therapy yeah exactly so I got this therapist though that specializes in like moms who work and who are famous too so I got the jackpot I'm like man one yeah she but other than that she's like such a genius, everything. She asked me questions. Like, nobody does that in therapy. She's like, when she asked me, like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy. Are you responsible for everyone's happiness and, like, their life and how they turn out? I'm like, no. It's like, maybe. I'm like, but I could be, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's good. I'm in a new phase where I'm, like, I'm looking for a therapist. It's hard. It's like dating. It is like dating. And that is why I'm having no luck in that area either. So. Because I have... <laughs> You will, I promise. I heard Bumble's really good. I heard Bumble's great. I've tried. <laughs> Horror stories on Bumble. <laughs> also, like, there's still that the, if your friend knows someone, that works. That works for me. I asked my friend, I was like, do you know any guys who are, like, really nice? I just want a nice guy. And then I met him and was like, we're getting married. I love that story. How long have you been married for now? We've known each other now. We dated, started six years ago. We had just had our date anniversary, July 1st. And um, we've been married for three years now. How's, how's you know, marriage life? Is it different than you thought? So no, it's like exactly what I thought. It's amazing. But it's better than I thought it would be. I thought I'd marry like some douche and I'd have to like train him. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's such a softy and he's so emotional and it's so good for us because he like cares extra. Like on Mother's Day, he wrote me a card and then he'll write a card from Riley. Like he's, he's a softy. He's really, really cute. And he would write, before I had babies, he'd write every card from my dogs. <laughs> I was like, happy Mother's Day, Mom. We love you. Thanks for taking care of us. I was like, yeah, he's one of those. So, like, but now I feel like I have to preach to the world, like, don't settle. There's really good men out there, you know? <laughs> it's hard. I feel like something that has, like, blown my mind at college is that people only, at least what I've experienced, ask for Snapchat. Where did phone numbers go? <laughs> That's so weird. And they don't even, everything is on Snap text or Snapchat and Maybe. no conversations, just photos. I'm like, I don't want to see your face. Uh-uh. I'm not even on Snapchat again. I got to get back on there. Yeah. I feel like social media is ruined, ruined, ruined dating because my older brother, he's like almost 30 and his, he's with his friends and his friend's like, oh my God, that girl's so beautiful. Like I would do anything to date her. And he's like, go say hi. And he's like, what? I can't talk to her in person. It's like, I'll just, like, find her on Instagram. I was like, and Ryan's like, oh, no. Go for in-person over a DM always. I'll just DM her, yeah. That's one of the things so. about social media where I find if I'm on it for too long, I need to get off. Yeah, we take breaks for sure. Something else that I wanted to talk to you about is that I know you've written songs for so many artists. We talked about this in the last episode. I was very curious to know, is the songwriting process when you're writing for someone else, how does it differ from when you're writing for yourself? Uh, it's always different. Um, recently, I've been writing for, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Screw it. I've been writing for Jojo Siwa, and she's my friend. So it's different that way where she's like, at, like she comes over to my house, and we have a full session, and she gives me ideas, and she writes with me. So like in that world, I'm writing with the artist. Yeah. But in other worlds, I'll have songs that are just banked that didn't really make sense with my album, and I have a bunch of extra ones. Um, and, but some are so special and they're like, oh God, that needs a home. And we always say like, that needs a really good home. So, um, we'll pitch stuff like that. Or the producers I've written with who have those songs that aren't out. They're like, can we pitch them? So I have like, I think, um, 
a K-pop girl, I think, is about to cut one of my extra songs that I had. I'm like, yes! You know? More homes for them to go to. Yeah, it's so random, and it's my dreams to write for more artists. So my team was like, this time around, let's let's write for you, and then let's get take more sessions and just write for other artists. I was like, I would love to. Who's your dream artist to write for? Like, if you could write for any artist right now, dead or alive, who would it be? Well, nowadays, I just want to write a song with Ed Sheeran because I think it'd be so magical and Bruno Mars. Um, I'd love to write a pop banger for Dua Lipa. I feel like that'd be easy and fun. Um, Jojo Siwa. And uh, who else do I love? I love Tate, that new artist. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Tate McRae. Tate McRae. She was on the podcast. She's so cool. I want to write for her. She's so cool. If anyone wants to sing my songs, that's a dream. When you're writing for, like, your friends versus just having artists, how does that process differ? I'll just try to write, like, made the best song win. I'll just try to write a really good song. And then then we'll be like, oh, this sounds like her. You know how, like, Dua Lipa's in that disco pop world? If I wrote a disco pop song, I'd be like, let's pitch that to Dua, you know? Mm-hmm. I would die to write, like, a Caribbean song for Rihanna, like a reggae song. And that's my real dreams. I just want to hear her lullabies that she sings. I know. I'm trying to do a lullaby album, too. Like a kid's music. Because I've seen, there's like, the market's small, you know, for these kids. You have the perfect voice for it, too. I know. And then I can make little YouTube videos and be like, hi, we're going to sing this song today. And, and you can get like, like little making. calming bird animations of just like. I'll be like, that's mama. <laughs> I think this needs to happen. And you're right. The, I haven't happen. heard of many like lullaby albums. Um, What's her name? One girl did it and she did great. She, the girl who sings a. Uh, a thousand years, loved you for a thousand more. Christina Perry. Christina Perry. She did an amazing kids lullaby album that was really beautiful. So I got to try to top that. No, I got to try to listen to that and take notes because she nailed it. Would this entail writing like children's songs or going off? I want to see she did like great covers too, but I want to do like originals. Like I'm sick of... Um, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. It's so dark. All these things are so dark. And the rockabye baby. Like, when the tree has a cradle, we'll rock. And the What is the lyrics? I've never really thought about this. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. And down will come, baby, cradle and all. Like, what is scarier than that? Nothing. So I'm going to rewrite them. Why was that saying to us as a child that we're going to fall out of our crib? It's, it's horrific. There's a lot of really scary ones. So I'm going to try to rewrite those and make them like pop. Would you ever write a musical? I would love to, yeah. My dream, 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 one of my other bucket list dreams, besides writing like all the music to an animated film that I write, is <laughs> for then for it to go on Broadway. And then I'm just like, wow, my songs are just playing on Broadway. Like, and I don't think I have the strength to go do eight shows a night and star in it myself. But I'd love to just be known as like the songwriter, you know? Kind of like a Sarah Bareilles waitress moment where yeah. you can pop in when yeah. you want. I'm following. I'm just right behind Sarah. I'm following her. Would you ever read a children's book? Yes. After my pregnancy book, I already got it. It's going to have textures, dude. I'm doing it all. I'm like oh, like you touch the textures. Yeah, that, those are the big hits. That My kid only likes those books, and I don't know why, because he can't see. <laughs> Poor kid's <laughs> in. He just felt. <laughs> now, does he have to wear the eye patches? No, we skipped right over that, I think, because it's that bad. Um, <laughs> and he just wears his glasses. And it took him, like, two days, but now he wears them all the time. If Because he, he, like, forgets they're on. They're so cute, though. Check out my Instagram. I did a video of it. Oh, I saw. I very much saw. <laughs> it was I, so heartbreaking. With, with the red hair and the blue glasses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, like, turquoise see-through. I was like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. Who picked out those glasses? Honestly, they were the first ones we saw there. And the, the guy, Michael, he's great. But I got to go get like eight more pair because we're going to be on the cover of a magazine soon. So I need to get the anti-reflective ones. You know what I'm saying? Boy's a star. I used to have the transition glasses where they turn into sunglasses when you go outside. See, that's sick. I didn't know that was a thing. The goggles. They're great. They turn into sunglasses when you're outside and they get dark. When you come back in, they get normal again. Tight, 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 tight. He's also like see-through pale. He's so white. So when he goes in the sun, we're like hat, glasses, cover. 
So I'm very curious. You have the album coming out. You have the book. Are you working on anything else for just for your creative self, just to fill you? I eventually want to tour because I haven't sang in front of a crowd in, since before COVID. So I would love to see everyone again. Um, I'll have a baby this time, so it's going to be a game changer. Um, I do want to tour. I think I will tour. And then, um, then I want to get pregnant on tour. The tour bus. Yes. The tour, the tour bus, I will be pregnant. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. I'm going to start trying. Like, day one of tour, I'm be like, we're going to make a baby, you know? So That's kind of great, because you can be like, you were conceived in this city. Pe- period. And then we should name them that city. Oh, my God. I'm like Kim Kardashian. Oh, my goodness. Oh. If you named him, oh, my God. If you had your baby in Brooklyn. Like San Francisco. San Francisco. Brooklyn. <laughs> Imagine San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan. This made my day. I worship you. I will literally do this whenever you want. You just call me. Thank you so much. All right, yeah, have me back anytime. I'm ready. Awesome. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.